Welcome to a new Neon Jazz interview with talented Latin drummer Brian Andres. During our interview from our base here in Kansas City to San Francisco, Brian spoke openly about his roots in Cincinnati, Ohio, his many gigs over the years with a variety of musicians, moving to San Francisco to form his Afro-Cuban jazz cartel base, along with much more. Dig it. First question I have for you, you were born and raised in Cincinnati. Talk to me about how that town kind of cultivated your love of jazz. Oh, um, sure. Well, I was born, uh, you know, my parents were both musicians, um, and uh, so there was always music in the house. Uh, my dad is a member of uh, the, the Bluest Big Band, which has been uh, doing Wednesday nights at the Bluest since uh, 1982, I believe. So there was always just that um, doorway into the, uh, the jazz community. Um, as a result of that, I was always listening to, uh, you know, local gigs that my dad would do. Um, and then, you know, borrowing records from his record collection. Um, so that was pretty much, uh, you know, the, the doorway there. Um, just mostly local jazz players that my dad would be playing with. The great uh, John Von Olin, the drummer with the Bluest Big Band, was somebody that I, I, I kind of... Uh, you know, I listened to a lot just because I would always, even as a kid, I was going to check out the Bluest Big Band on Wednesday nights. So if I was allowed to, I was always going and checking that out. So, um, And then there was a guitar player by the name of Cal Collins um, that I also would go check out a lot. Um, he had a steady gig down at the hotel in downtown Cincinnati, and uh, I used to always go catch his quartet play. Um, this is all before my uh, my career started. So, very cool. So, when did you start playing music? Uh, professionally, I started when I was nineteen. Okay. I uh, I, I auditioned with a, a guy named Cincinnati Slim and the Headhunters, a blues band, and uh, started started uh, started playing with them. Um, yeah, it was nineteen or twenty at the latest. So it sounds like you really jumped around genres uh, after you started playing professionally and then moved to San Francisco. What was the move to Frisco like? Oh, it was, uh, it was big, yeah. I mean, I played a lot of different types of music in Cincinnati, but once I found that my, my, my you know, the, the love of Latin music kind of drew me, um, uh, I was, you know, I had to move out to San Francisco. I, I wanted to get to a coast and... Uh, and this city provided uh, everything that I was looking for. It had, uh, you know, the, the the players that were nationally and internationally known. It had a deep uh, Latin community of players, um, and then of course just the city itself culturally um, is a is a beautiful place to live. But it was definitely a culture shock coming from the Midwest to uh, to the uh, to the West Coast to San Francisco specifically. It was culture shock, you know, just the cost of living, um, you know, definitely not as laid back uh, and Midwestern as, uh, as Ohio is. It's, it's got its own pace and vibe. But, uh, you know, that was part of the charm. I, I fell in love uh, right away. So how have your Midwestern roots kind of helped you to adapt and thrive and uh, get woven into the Frisco culture? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it, it, compared to, to New York, which is just real aggro and, you know, at least seemingly, um, 
you know, San Francisco is definitely not uh, a, a very high, high aggressive city. Um, and I guess, you know, neither would it, would I include that as the Midwest either. So uh, there's a bit of a laid back vibe to, uh, to the Midwest. And that I think that fits into the Bay Area uh, as well. So I, I guess that would probably be the, the, the number one way. So why did you pick Latin jazz? Oh, I don't think it, I did. I think it picked me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard, you know, I, 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 my experience with Latin music was hearing, you know, um, jazz drummers playing some sort of Latin rhythm uh, on their drum set. I always dug it, uh, but it wasn't uh, the real deal. Uh, I didn't hear the real deal until uh, I was, you know, well into my career. I'd been playing probably for uh, nearly a decade, and uh, I heard a band from Cleveland playing uh, salsa music live. Hearing it live was what really what uh, knocked me out. And just the way that the percussion, uh, you know, locks together and uh, the, the, the rhythm section, it just, just blew me away. Um, and it was at that point that um, that my projection changed. Um, I definitely wanted to uh, you know to know as much about that music as I could. Uh, having already had a background in jazz, uh, you know, I think just the combination of the rhythms from the salsa music, which was more dance oriented, uh, and then the sophistication of the jazz, it just became a no brainer. That was really kind of what what uh, my emphasis was to become and. Um, I found plenty of that out here in the Bay Area. So other than the drums, do you play any other instruments? Uh, no, not with any sort of proficiency. I've always uh, played the piano, um, but um, not nearly as well as uh, my parents would have hoped. They were always trying to get me to play more piano when I was a kid, and I just never would. But uh, I can punk around on it, but it's definitely drumming is the only thing I'm really any proficient at. Right on. So as I look over your career, you performed with Little Anthony and the Imperials, Faith Prince, um, and shared the stage with Woody Harrelson and a lot of other guys. What have, what, what's been some highlights for you as far as performances with uh, other musicians? Oh, well, uh, I got a chance to perform with uh, Lalo Guerrero, um, who, you know, I didn't even know. Uh, I'd heard his music in Ohio uh, you know, but not, I didn't know anything about him or, or who he was until I moved out to the Bay Area and realized what a treasure he was. Uh, he's a Chicano uh, uh, satirist and, and, and musician. Um, so performing with him, uh, you know, he was dressed up in his zoot suit and, and, and trying to kind of play this music that he had helped craft uh, uh, with, with some sense of authenticity was. Uh, was really nice. That was uh, I was honored to have been included, and he passed away shortly after we did some performances with him in the early 2000s. So it was uh, that was a really nice, a nice uh, treat for me. Cool. So talk to me about the bands and albums you've been involved with over the years. The bands I've been involved with, or my own group, uh, your own groups, and and the albums that you've put out. Okay. Um, well. There was uh, an interest in my part back in the two, 2006 and seven to 
to feature. There's a lot of recordings coming out of the Bay Area, a lot of world-class Grammy-nominated uh, albums, but uh, a lot of guys in, are, were still not getting a chance to, to, to play on these albums. And so there was a bunch of guys that I was working with regularly and that were my friends, and they were phenomenally talented but hadn't had really had a chance to record yet. And the first album we did, Drummer Speak, was really just uh, in its infancy. It was just a, an idea that I had to give the guys a chance to to record and to put some of their ability down onto vinyl, so to speak. Um, that was the, 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 the first idea. And then I wanted it to be a, a kind of a, a concept album and uh, recording, you know, drummer uh composed tunes was the next step because I wanted to have some original arrangements. So I contacted some of these guys like bassist Sal Sierra and pianist Christian Tumalan and asked them to come to uh, arrange some of these tunes that I had in mind. Um, and then that's really when the band kind of started flesh, fleshing itself out. I knew that I wanted to have three horns because I've always been attracted to uh, the three horn sound. There's so much you do with that within an arrangement. Um, and I knew having so many, uh, friends playing percussion that, uh, that I knew that was going to be a, a multiple percussion, uh, album. Um, so the band just kind of grew out of that desire. Um, we recorded the record before we ever, ever did a gig with the, the band. Um, so the album was really the, beginning uh reason for the band and then I, all of a sudden i had an album so i figured well i need to start booking some gigs um and it took off from there and um it's a little bit by little bit over the years uh the idea for the second album you know kind of still staying with the theme that there's just so many really good players out in san francisco um and that as a city although um it's gotten plenty of uh, recognition, uh, historically even with going back to Cal Jader and all that, uh, there's just so many players that don't get the recognition. Um, so I wanted to, with the second CD, San Francisco, I just wanted to, to kind of, uh, highlight that as a, uh, a conceptual idea that there's so much talent here that, uh, you know, people need to pay more attention to it. And, um, so, you know, we, we had developed some of these songs over the years of gigging, and some of them were specific to the, the new CD, but it all just kind of came together nicely this year. Absolutely. So who who has been the most influential on your playing style? As a drummer? Um, well, if you go back far enough, to be honest, uh, you would have John Von Olin, for sure. Uh, he's a phenomenal big band drummer. Uh, but, you know, uh, I listened to him in so many different uh, settings as a kid. Um, and then uh, getting into the Latin playing, um, it's specific to drum set playing, you know, I guess you would have to say uh, uh, Horacio El Negro Hernandez is definitely uh, high on the list, as well as um, Ignacio Barroa, um, you know, world-class Cuban drummers. Um but basically, you know, there's also local guys here that I really, really love the way they play. Uh, David Flores and Colin Douglas, uh, guys that, uh, you know, whenever I get a chance to hear them play, I, I, I love to see what they're doing. Right on. 
So where have you performed around the world and what would you consider your favorite places to perform? Oh, well, uh, I haven't gotten around the world, so to speak, but um, I, I had an opportunity to perform uh, one of the most unique places was Red Rocks in Denver. Hmm. Uh, that's just such a, I mean, the, it's the way outdoor amphitheaters should all be. It's just amazing, an amazing place. So that's, that's one that sticks out. It's just a, a special, special place. Um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I played from East Coast to West Coast. Uh, you know, they, I love playing, you know, wherever there's a crowd. Uh, uh, and we've had some great gigs in the Midwest where it's just been a great listening crowd. And we've had some great gigs out uh, in the West Coast where, you know, people are really into Latin jazz. So it's really more about the audience than it is the location. So have you swung through Kansas City? Uh, you know, I have not swung to Kansas City. Uh, that's one place uh, with uh, such a history of jazz I'd love to get to, but uh, uh, I have not been there yet. I haven't actually been to the city itself. Spent some time in St. Louis, but never got to Kansas City. Yeah, I think you would have a captive crowd, and you got the Jazz Hall of Fame in 18 and Vine. I think you'd have a good time. Yeah, uh, no, I've, uh, I'm actually reading a, uh, a book of... Papa Joe Jones book right now, and he spent a lot of time in his early career in Kansas City. It's definitely on my list of places I want to go. Very cool. So speaking of legendary and historic, if you could go back in time and meet one musician from any era, who would it be and why? Oh, I would, I, for sure, I'd go back to 1955, uh, New York City. Uh, there was just, <laughs> narrowing down to one musician would be hard to do. <laughs> But that would be the that would be the place for me. Uh, uh, I would probably say, you know, I'd, I'd love to sit down and and, uh, and hang out with Tito Puente, the king. I mean, he's uh, as a percussionist, as an arranger, as a composer, as a band leader. Uh, he, there's no one better. It's just outside of Latin music for, for sure, but outside of it, anybody that you want to try to emulate, he's he's the one. Right on. So. Talk to me about your plans. What are what are some of your short term plans? What are some of your long term plans? Well, uh, short short term plans have been just trying to promote this new CD, um, trying to you know uh, keep the wind under its wings and see what we can do with it. I didn't really, uh, aside from recording the first CD, I didn't really put uh, a lot of effort into pushing it uh, out there. I was just uh, new band, new recording. That was really what it was about. But this one, uh, I really felt like it was uh, a stronger CD and I wanted it, you know, to see what we could do with it. So short-term plans, that's that's what that's about. Uh, long-term plans is just try to cultivate uh, the band on a national scale, see if I can't uh, get more uh, more bookings, uh, see if I can't get out on the road and, uh, and bring the music to, uh, to more people uh, and get outside the Bay Area. So speaking of long-term plans, how do you want to be remembered as a musician? Um, uh, I guess uh, I want the musicians I've performed with the record remember me as being a nice guy, and I'd love the uh, uh, audience to uh, remember me as having something, uh, I guess, having had something to say. Yeah. Very cool. So do you live with any regrets? I regret I don't play the piano better. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. 
So, so to get a kind of a flavor of what you like um, musically, what's the last album or song you listened to before this interview? Uh, oh, um, yeah. Uh, the last song would have been um, a Mongo Santa Maria song. I've right. been listening to a lot of Mongo Santa Maria lately. Wonderful. So as we kind of get towards the end of this interview here and get kind of a well-rounded view of who you are, in the length of one tweet or 144 characters or approximately a sentence and a half, tell me who you are. Um, uh, I'm a musician drummer, very much interested uh, in, in exploring my love for Latin jazz um, and, and trying to make a statement um, amongst the giants of the music. Perfect, man. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Keep up the good work. It's it's awesome material. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate your time and effort. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, Brian. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and singers doing that jazz these days. And thanks to Brian for his time and insight into his craft. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things neon jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.